This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the county result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. And you can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Oh, great flick on by Alan Armstrong. Phil with me. Say hello, Dave. Hi, mate. All right. All right. Got Phil Brennan. Hello, Phil Brennan. Hello, and I've got Dave Espley. Hello, Ross. Hello. Thanks for calling me back. Oh, <laughs> uh, so sensible. Uh, Nick's not here tonight, so that day's part two. Um, from the lot, can I just thank everybody first? Actually, um, we had over a thousand listens and plays from Dark Days Part One. Uh, I'm sorry that it's taken three months to get everybody back together again, um, but it is. You know, diaries are tight and whatnot. These guys are hard to get hold of. Fighting off litigation and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of court battles going on. Um, so, on we'll subject, Jim Gannon, if you're listening, returning your tax. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're going to get Jim on, but uh, he's proving hard to get to pin down. He is harder than Nick, uh, Nick Lee, Carry actually. Um, <laughs> right, so we'll, we'll start where we finished from the last time. There was a bit of a jamboree going on. 
uh, sort of a kit launch, um, and yeah, he wants to he wants to start off. Well, uh, well, 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 let's just finish off. So, just a reminder then. So, so the the jamboree the, um, in the car park of the Cheetahland. Yeah, it's about two thousand county fans there. The the new twenty fifteen group uh, up on the stage, all cheering away. I'm sort of in the middle of the crowd because I didn't want to be involved in it. And um, we talked about we talked about who the manager was going to be because we didn't actually have a manager at this point. And I think it was about was it about the eighth of July, so it was time was ticking on. And um, but there was one name on everybody's lips of who was going to be our manager. And the county fans started singing. Jimmy Gannis, Blue Mike Harley. And Owen Thompson, who was the chairman, starts clapping along, going, Jimmy Garnon's Blue and White Army, which kind of gave everybody the impression that Jim was coming back. But I think, Phil, well, you've got, you've well, got a slightly fair, different story on that. Well, well, to be fair, I think he was. That that was the whole idea. I mean, he'd, Peter Ward and Alan Lord, whether it was before that day, but around that time, they'd already been given contracts to take pre-season training because we didn't have a manager and like you just said it was getting a bit near the bone so Wardy and Lordy were in effect in place and the next part of the jigsaw was supposed to be Jim and everybody wanted him you know everybody it, it would have been the perfect storm if you like it he got made redundant which is a ridiculous decision so he was going to come back um, and I know that Jim had several meetings certainly two probably three with uh, Owen and my understanding of it was that each time they agreed a deal Owen would come back from the solicitors with the contract for Jim to sign and it had been changed it hadn't been the, what they'd agreed and I know that happened at least twice that Jim came in agreed a deal Alwyn went to the solicitors, came back with the documents, and they weren't what they should be. And as my understanding, and the only person who can sort of dispute that for me is Jimmy, as my understanding is he walked away and said, look, I can't trust that when we agree something, when I come back to sign it, it's a different document. I'm 99.9% I'm .9 convinced that is what happened and Jim walked away. I, I, and also Jim had a personal, deeply personal uh, issue at the time. Well, that was to come, yeah, that was around the same time his dad died as well, obviously. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it wasn't, it was the right time for him to join the club. Yeah, definitely. But yeah. with all the messing about and all the pissing and, you know, changing contracts, he probably just thought, I don't need this and walked away. Uh, and, and Jim does strike me as somebody who, once you've agreed something, you better stick to it. Oh, without a doubt. I'd, you know, I'd, and... and even the slightest change would have got right under his skin, wouldn't it? And it wasn't. Again, I I wasn't privy to what the changes were, but they were big enough for him to say, yeah. "I'm not signing that. Take it away and come back with what we've agreed." And I know for sure that happened at least twice. And in hindsight, and I think we touched on this a little bit at the, at the back end of the last one. You know, Jim's dealing with a guy called Alwyn Thompson, who he doesn't know. Whereas if he'd have been dealing with uh, maybe one of the characters who'd been around the club before, who he knew that might have helped it. I think if I'd have gone and done it, it'd have been a lot more straight talking and we would have had one draft and that would have, it'd have been signed and that's it. So it was a bad decision from the club, really, to send Alwyn, thinking about it. 
And, uh, well, then again, he was the chairman. He was, and he wanted to, to be. Know. He wanted to be an a hands-on chairman yeah. with everything apart from putting money in. So, um, <laughs> well, <laughs> sorry, no, did I say that out loud? No, but to be fair, he, but it's important. He said right from the word go. He wasn't going to. He said, "I'll be your chairman. I'll bring you some investors," which he did, and we'll talk about that in, a little bit later. Um, and and I'll see how it goes. And after six months, I might put some in. Now, he, he, I mean, I'm not talking. He, he's tens high tens of millions of pounds net worth yeah to be fair he brought people like Simon Bellamy he did we're going to talk about that he brought he, he put, didn't put 5,000 put 50,000 pounds in each so he did bring some investment to the club and I think he probably would have if he was happy how things were going he probably would have put a bit of money in so the, according to the evening news he's a saviour I've just pulled up uh, the story from uh, the, the day we took over it's quite it's quite amusing actually you've got Using modern technology. A picture at the top. <laughs> it says saviours in capitals, brackets left to right in true football lineup. <laughs> Company secretary Pete Wilson, director Tony Gibbons, vice chairman Mary Gibbons, chairman Alwyn Thompson, chief executive Sean Conley, and head of media Phil Brennan. They've cut you off. I know. <laughs> That's fine. I've never been a good photographer. I've never, been, I've never, I never take good photographs. Nightmare ends with dawn of new era. So oh, just, right. just another thing there, just to touch on the the Peter Ward and Alan Lord thing is that the obviously they were given contracts because we needed somebody to be in place to take pre-season training. I, I, I think I told you this story before, and you said that and, and and also what we're saying is there was an assumption that Jim Gannon yeah. would be coming back in. They'd be getting a gang back. So together, basically. Yeah. At Timpley, we had a great big whiteboard, and they were Lordy and Wardy put together uh, a formation. And uh, forgive me if I get the colours wrong, but the the players that were written in black were players that were already at the club. The players in blue were players that had agreed to come to the club, and the players in green were players that we could get in the January window on loan from higher level clubs. So every position had at least two players in it. So there was a plan, and obviously Jim was part of that plan. He yeah. had these names they'd all discussed, and there were some very, very good players on that list, including a Mr. Vardy, who was agreed to join us. So we'll come back to that later on. But there was a few on there. Rebecca James, Vardy, James Wallace. <laughs> James Wallace was on the list. Oh, very topical. So James Wallace was. It's he was available genuinely. from Everton in January. Player. He eventually joined us. I was going to say, he came on yeah. loan, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. But he was available in January, not when we really needed him at the end of the season. Yeah. So there was some really good players on that list. So all these things were in place for Jim to come, and he didn't come. I, I've got to say as well, there was quite a positive atmosphere around the club as well. Yeah, it was great. You know, because it because it, it just come out of administration. Um, what's he called in Timpley um, Manor Farm? Looked beautiful because yeah. it had all that work done by all the actors and everybody else. It, it, it had a superb, uh, what does uh, what does Hilda Ogden call it? Muriel. A mural. <laughs> there, there was a great mural on the wall from Wembley, which was only two years before, which seems God, so, so, awful, so long oh ago. From the winning team at Wembley with all the champagne, and it was and it was just great to see. You Is know, that the we, one that's in the entrance now? In, yeah, well, it was up on the wall at right. Timberley, and yeah, we'll come yeah. to that as well. So, with can, I, can I just say, because I'd been down, just, just, to say say, you like, mate. just to say hi, and I'd seen this, this line-up. I seem to remember it as being sort of three, list, three lists of players. 
on this whiteboard and you know I was told pretty much what you just said and um, and that Jim Gannon had been involved in putting this list together oh, yeah, basically without a doubt yeah, you know yeah. Um, there's some good names on there yeah there was and then the next time we Barry Condon on there was <laughs> the, next, <laughs> the next time we come back no no I know, I'm not going to I'm not it. it was a bit different so basically <laughs> so, so this list is there and everyone's buzzing about this list and um, safe to say I think I don't know whether we mentioned it but the chief executive Sean Connolly who had come in and uh, you know you speak highly of him and I, I quite liked him but what he did that ruined it for him he gave contracts out thinking he was doing the right thing because it was so close to the season starting went out and gave contracts to every single player and, that, and members of staff and members of staff and himself and <laughs> there there was a lot of players signed that weren't on that list he, he committed <laughs> about £425,000 so, of the £825,000 budget that was planned. So several players. Two, two, yeah. two people that the yeah. club didn't want there. Players like right. Greg Tanzi, Jamie Vincent, who broken into the first team, they were on the list because they were young and they were probably going to be worth money in the end, so yeah. they were on the list. Players like Richie Partridge, who wasn't even our player, got a contract. Amazing. And... He never wanted to play for the club, but because they'd all been invited back, because they all finished the season before, they all got invited back. He'd been released by MK Dons, yeah. I think, I think maybe. Um, the big lad from MK Dons, who's centre-half, who played for Mac, he, was our, he became the captain of the club, got injured early on. But there was a few players that came in that weren't on that list. They weren't in green and they weren't in blue <laughs> and they certainly weren't in black. So the, the chief exec paid the ultimate price for spending all that money and he we, I, I think we talked about it before but he Tony Gibbons and Orlin Thompson took him for a walk around the pitch <laughs> and asking him why he'd done this and this that and the other by the time he came back they did a full circle of the pitch and he never came back in the office <laughs> and he'd gone and then a few days later Pete Wilson who was the secretary there was and I'm I'm sorry, Peter, if I get this wrong. There was something to do with a message that he put on Yellow Board about Jim's dad, and yes. apparently there was a complaint made about it. And Pete was taken for a walk round the pitch. <laughs> and the walk of doom, and it became and, and it became known as the walk. Of, well, basically, he went. Now the two people that you know, can, can I just before you get to that. So, so Pete, Pete had actually done quite a lot of work. Yeah, like say walking. <laughs> <laughs> he'd done quite a lot of work in terms of putting the deals together as part of that team of people that. Yeah, that he, didn't, were, he, didn't, he didn't just get pulled out. Of the no, no, that they, they they was working at uh, the top of you know upstairs in Tony and Mary's shop. Pete Wilson was there like every day for is, weeks. Is this the Pete Wilson that's on our opening credits doing some commentary? Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Well, he's been around the club forever. Right. Yeah, so, he's worked in the club so shop ba- and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. So yeah. basically, Pete got taken around the pitch didn't come back in and then a couple of days later um, because because we're losing people because the big problem that, that I personally had at the time was we couldn't update the website so we got a brand new set of people and we had well you had you started your own little website to keep people updated did, because yeah. we couldn't get on the club website um, there was no password 
there'd been other there'd been other things done to stop it working. I'm not saying what happened. All I know is that we could not update the website, so we really couldn't tell people what was going on. So we were using those people who worked during the administration period. Um, it was miserable. Yeah, it was it was miserable. It was miserable. So like a lot of people who were there, and then suddenly that they weren't. You can understand a little bit of spitefulness. When I say we had no, we had limited access to the website. We we could put things on about. We could put little stories on, and we could put images on from the, the, the jamboree. But what we couldn't do was update player profiles. We could. Why does everybody think jamboree is a funny word? Because it's American. But there were certain things that <laughs> just we couldn't do. We couldn't put match reports I on. I remember it. Yeah. There was a lot yeah, of issues, yeah. and so because yeah. well, brand new Ed Media can't use the web website, but you know it it happened. So I, I get asked to have a meeting with Tony and uh, Alwyn, and I said, "If you think I'm going on the Walk of Doom, <laughs> right, and that's where the Walk of Doom came from," I said, "If you think I'm going on the Walk of Doom, you got another thing coming. If we're having a meeting, we're having it in that boardroom there. And I'm not leaving this office." <laughs> and it basically it was like, "Well, what can we do? What you know?" And, and it then there was the 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 issue that we didn't have a manager, and it was getting closer and closer to the season starting. Um, the first name that was that I'm aware that was sort of put forward was Uwe Rosler, who was a friend of Mike Clark's. Yeah. And, I mean, I've known Mike since we were kids. So Mike is a big City fan. Make no bones about the fact that he came to County to help his local club. Yeah. No real love of County other than the fact that his lad was part. Of, been in the academy and stuff like that. He'd but, been around the club for about so, eight years. So, but he came. He said, "Well, we got. I could get Uwe Rosler. I know Uwe really well." He'd been coaching or managing in Norway, I think. And that's, that's another popular topic, isn't it? A manager come, come over from Norway. Um, but he'd been, I don't know whether he had lung, he'd had lung cancer a few years earlier. And I think with the Gary Ablett thing going on and the fact that he'd been ill, and I think that sort of people went, oh, hang on. You know, nothing against you, very Rosler personally, but. Mm. He has only managed in Norway, and are we sure he's going to be fit? Fit, and as it turned out, he ended up nearly taking Brentford up to yeah. the Premier League yeah. two seasons later. But there we go. So the next one was Paul Simpson, who again was a friend of Mike Clark's, and it, it was like you'd laugh about my little black book. Well, Clark is <laughs> full of City players, so it's like so. Paul Simpson, who has luck or would or not have it, he was out of work, and he just bought a house in Marple, and. It, it, it was quite obvious that it was a good fit for him because <laughs> he'd moved moving back to Stockport, um, and he got and, and he did have a bit of a track record. It depends how closely you look at it, really. Oh yeah, All he's right, got a better track record now. I was going to say he's been in England settled panic. But anyway, but, so yeah. he came in, and I'd never met him before. In fact, I had met him before. But I had no opinion of him. Didn't know. You know, all I wanted was somebody who was going to come in and get us get back that because we'd lost a bit of that buzz haven't we yeah because yeah. Jim won't, Jim won't coming back and all of a sudden it's like well whose fault's that yeah it, it wasn't like well Jim's decided not to come it, it was like well whose fault is it, it, it typical county isn't it something isn't quite right it's somebody's fault yeah. it's like, so Paul Simpson came in and they had a meeting at Timperley and <laughs> I get called to Timberley to go meet the new manager to do an interview, whatever, and I sat down and the first words out of his mouth was, you're a Gannonite, aren't you? 
I'd never heard that word before, but apparently I'm a Gannonite. And I said, sorry. He went, well, you're in one of Jim's close circle of friends, aren't you? And I said, not really, no. I'm, I know Jim. I've worked with him. I'm not in his close circle of friends. I mean, as it happened at the time, I hadn't really spoke to him for two years or whatever. But I wouldn't say we're not friends. I wouldn't say we're enemies. But at the time, it just seemed a bit odd. That it, you know. So I said, well, he said, I'll tell you now, we're not having anybody in this club talking about the past. It's all about the future. And I was thinking, where's this going? This is really negative. You know, I've come to do a piece for the website. And he went, I said, I've only come to do an article for the website. Well, I'm glad you mentioned the website. It's fucking shit. Well, he was right about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, and he was going on about it. And he, and he turned his laptop around and he went, mm. have you seen Shrewsbury? Yeah. <laughs> have you seen Preston's? Yeah. <laughs> They're two clubs that you previously worked at. Yeah, look at their websites. I went, yeah, it's the same as ours. Exactly the same was as ours. Was it like the football league, whatever? Yeah, it was that. performed. It was right. like, it was exactly the yeah. same one. But they've got access to theirs. Yeah. What you're showing me is what was on last year. And it was shit. I agree with you. That was why I came. The only reason I came to this club was because I thought the website needed changing. And it will get changed. But at the moment, I haven't got the tools to get in it. Well, it's got to be better than that. So, mm-hmm. Pushing an open door here, mate. <laughs> and and it just, that was us from day one. Yeah. It was like, it, it, we just weren't, I could tell straight away. But I went back to the office and Mary was like, well, how did that go? I went, well, and I told her exactly what, I was, sorry, it wasn't Mary, it was Tony. So I told him exactly what went on. Well, he's a bloody idiot then, isn't he? Because we told him there and then when we met him, there are problems with the website. So don't even talk about the website. But so I was like, well, so but initially after that first little bit, it was you know we'll get on. You know we've got to get on with it. And my next sort of bust up was we <laughs> we <laughs> well it was through Wardy really. Can, can I tell? Because we can just jump in. Yeah. Can I tell them about why I noticed what I noticed that was different? What about about the list? Oh no, well I'm not. That's oh, why right, I'm going okay. to that now. So <laughs> so we go to. I go to I go to Timpley and I'm delivering kit because like, it's all hands to the pump at a football club. You know, nobody's got a job and that's all they do. You do lots. Of <laughs> you had about twenty jobs. <laughs> so we've had a new load of kit delivered, and if you remember, we'd signed a shit deal. But not that you'd know it was shit, but we'd signed a shit deal God, yeah. to have Nike kit. It, it yeah. was it was a good deal in as much. It was a good deal for the bloody supplier. It was but a it, shit deal. But for it, was, the club. it was a good deal in as much as the Nike was about. Well, it was a great name. It, it was about an up. Tick literally, yeah, and you know, saying you know, things are going to be better, yeah. And look, we're not having these you know, piss poor brands actually turn out to be quite good most of the time, don't we? We're going to have Nike, and and I, my thought on it was if we have Nike, we'll have a load of Nike merchandise in the shop that the kids are going to want to buy. That's why it was a shit deal. So basically, we signed a deal not with Nike but with an agent, yeah, right. And their deal was the first team wore Nike kit, but everybody else wore. Whatever their mate was. Yeah, they had like a sub-brand. Area. Yeah. No, was it area? Something like that, anyway. So, basically, the first team got first team training kit, Nike. Everything the first team got was Nike. Everybody else was walking around in this naff gear. But so, I delivered. So, the club shop, is, is instead of having 40 quid Nike sweatshirts with county on it, which people would have bought, yeah. it had 40 quid shit ones that you're like, 
yeah, there, there was very little in the way of Nike stuff. So I took a couple of boxes of gear to the trade, not gear. <laughs> might have been better we might have stayed up <laughs> but taking a couple of boxes of training gear up to the drink up to uh, Timpley and I'm carrying these two boxes and Chris Gibbons who was working at the club training to be a physio was now a very good physio and made a great career well, where's he at well he was at Cambridge United right. he's now uh, I think he's at a private hospital in Cambridge right. now still lives down there did a few years at Cambridge yeah. but so Chris is helping me carrying this stuff and he was probably it was a very nice lad as well. Probably so. about 18, 19. He was still yeah. he just I think he'd not gone to uni, so it was between there. So we're carrying these boxes and I've known Wardy for years. So we're walking in with these boxes and Wardy and I won't do his accent because I'm embarrassing at it, but he shouts, Ah, got fucking money for training kit, no 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 money for fucking players. So, and I sort of said, ah, well, this kit will play better than your players. So we're having a bit of banter about it. I said, where do you want this kit? He went, just put it in the fucking room there. He said, we haven't got any players to wear it. So I go in the room, and I, the first thing I notice is the whiteboard, and there's nothing on it. It's white. <laughs> there's no names on it, no nothing. And I said to Wardy, what, what's happened here? He went, what there was on it was like smudge marks, yeah, where it's been wiped in anger. It, it, Apparently, Mr. Simpson had gone in and seen all these names, and then we're not having any of these fucking clowns. I want my players in this club, none of these, and he's wiped the board clean. There is a quick addendum to that. There was another list down the side that Wardy, that Lordy had put of players that were they were on that list, but they were also on the on a special list, if you like. And one of them was Jamie Vardy, and apparently he'd said to Lordy. Who's this? Who the fuck's Jamie Vardy? And Lordy said, "Well, he's a lad that was coming in from uh, Stocksbridge Steels, but we went into administration, and the administrators wouldn't give us the eight thousand pounds to buy oh it." Oh my word! <laughs> I'm sure it was eight thousand pounds. It was a very small sum, so he joined Halifax instead. He's. We've spoken to him. He still wants to come here. We can get him from Halifax for about fifty grand, and he went. Well, I've never fucking heard of him. Wow. So, Lordy said, "Well, he's special. He is special." And I walked in, and Lordy went, "You've seen him, haven't you?" I mean, I'm like, you know, why me? <laughs> he already doesn't like me, you know what I mean? And I went, "See you, Al." And he goes, "Vardy, we went to that game." I said, "Oh yeah, it's fucking meant." He's like. So he sent his scout, coach, nice lad actually, Stuart Delaney. I quite like Stuart, got on with him, but he went to watch Jamie Vardy. And the next day I went in, he'd be, his name had been rubbed off. Apparently, he wasn't up to much. Oh, my word. Um, and if you remember later on, well, a couple of seasons later, he did us at Fleetwood. Yeah. He did Matt Glennon from about 30 yards with his eyes. He was went one way, Matt Glennon went that way, and he put it in the other corner from about 35 So was, was that about the time that a tweet went out saying, who should we sign? No, 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 I'll tell you, that was Mark White. That came later on. So basically... George Donnelly or so, Jamie Vardy. So we didn't sign Jamie Vardy, but we did <laughs> sign Barry Conlon. So I know I've done who, that. Who, who'd ended the career of Matty Mainwaring? No, it wasn't him. He was in the same team. He, he, didn't, he didn't make the talent tellings. No, I've spoke to. I'd, the reason I'm telling you is I know it wasn't him because I'd, we had few players coming in, and 
so we had a, a sponsors evening again closing getting close to the yeah. season started and we brought players in and we wanted sponsorship for them so we had a sponsors evening and player people so on my table I had the naughty table it was me Andy Calvert who became actually a good pal and became a good sponsor for the club but um, Barry Conlon was sat next to me and I can't remember who the other person was but I don't think he actually signed anyway so Barry Conlon's on my table and they, they bring the meals out and the, the lad who was sat there he wanted a player he was a potential sponsor I can't remember who it was but didn't fancy the meal whatsoever Barry Conlon has not only finished his meal <laughs> he's then at this other lad's meal and his pudding and his two bottles of wine while we're and I'm like this boy this is our, our new centre forward and he's telling me stories and we talked about the Matty Mainway thing and he, he said the kid who did him was um, on trial at Grimsby and was trying to make a name for himself right and they didn't sign him because of that alright he, he said to me he how said many bottles was, of wine had he already told no, this? Be, this was before he started drinking but he, he said the kid who did him was like nobody spoke to him right. he said it was just he said it was horrendous so the one thing I will say about Barry Conlon he was alright about that but so Barry Conlon like signed as our striker his goal scoring record was horrendous it was you know you. I mean he, he was living on that move to City or yeah. to QPR whichever way around yeah, it by was. the way he played seven times for City he was like you know an ex-Manchester City striker Barry Conlon yeah seven appearances but the season before he'd been top or one of the top scorers for Chesterfield and I think he'd scored eight, but I think six were penalties. Um, which, you know, you've got to put them in. Well, you have, yeah. But, but your centre forward has only scored two goals from outfield. Um, you know, it's a bit poor. He's your top scorer. Yeah. So, it, it, and then obviously Barry's career sort of really went downhill when he was. Danny Swales was the lad I was trying to right. think of, the centre half from MK Dons and Mac. Um, so, yeah, that was, that was our. It, it didn't. Didn't start off really well, no, did it? Didn't. And we got the likes of Manny Asamani, who, again, Manny the Asamani. He was in Wrexham's reserves. Couldn't get a game at Wrexham's reserves. Yeah. He played against our youth team in the summer, and had a run around from the likes of Paul Ennis, who was probably sixteen at the time. And next minute, he's our centre half. Centre half, yeah. And is that Ludovic J as well? Is no, it, is no, it, he was well before. He, like, he was in the championship. Yeah, he was right. Ludovic J. Yeah, he played. He scored goals. Scored a Grimsby, didn't he? Scored an absolute in the championship. Yeah, yeah. When we were in the championship, really? Did no, we, I, I'm telling you. Ludovic after we, J. I thought he got sent off at Wrexham away. Well, like after about five minutes or so. All right. He, no, I'm sure he played. You can't have much this. I'll do fact checking. He definitely wasn't non-league. He was definitely. Oh no, he's in the league. Yeah, he was definitely. League. Might yeah, not know. He might have been League One. Might not. It wouldn't have been the Championship then. Oh. I seem to remember him in the, ch in the Championship. Ludovic DG DJ. DJ yeah, yeah. No, I don't think he was. Anyway. Did, I remember him doing this amazing like juggling thing as he was running with the ball from the halfway line towards it. It was like no, wow. You're confusing him with Zinedine Zidane. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't got a Facebook, uh, Wikipedia. Well, he won't have because no, he was no, shy. <laughs> but um, so yeah, so Paul's. To be fair to Paul Simpson, he was trying to build a squad, but it, most of his budget had gone right, because so, of Sean. Right, so so Sean Connolly spent £425,000 on people that were not wanted. Mm -hmm, most of them. Yeah, and, uh, you know, 
No, there was more than that spent. There was 425,000 of it spent on people that were not wanted. Um, and there was £75,000 spent paying off Gary Ablett. So, Gary Ablett, don't want to speak ill of the dead and all that, but Gary Ablett <laughs> and, and his assistant had, had been paid £75,000 between them to go away, which is just horrendous. And that was down to a letter being given to both of them by Mark McGuire. Uh, saying that whatever happens, whatever happens, your contracts will be renewed in the summer. Which is just um, amazing. You know, 25 points or something he got. Mm. Um, so. I think, you know, I think it was 22, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He did actually beat Carlton Palmer's worst ever record. So half a million pound of the budget, which was set at something like £825,000 for the playing budget, which would have been a, you know, a bottom half budget to start off with, really, but enough yeah. at that time. Um, but half a million quid of it's been spent. And so then, he comes and wipes all this intelligence off the board. You know, I, the, I, I get there and you can see the smudge marks. And bearing in mind, I'd, I'd been like ten days earlier, and it was place was buzzing. Oh, you know, like up for it. And I get there, and Alan Lord's just picking balls up and putting them in the back, and move. He's like, what, what's up? And he goes, shakes his head and walks off. And I thought, what the fuck's going on? Went in, saw this board, wiped off. And I thought, oh, fuck, what have we done? The, I mean, again, it, it's my, I, I'm not just sort of having a go at Paul Simpson. There was, Paul Simpson took a job where he had to work with staff that he didn't want. He, he, a manager brings his own staff in, mm. so straight away he's got Wardy and Lordy, who were Jim's right hand men, yeah, they and were, he yeah. has to work with them. So you've got a feel for him there. He's got he did, uh, he but, did but, change but the, the flip side of that is he's got two people who know the club inside out who enjoy success. I'm playing devil's advocate, yeah. for me, yeah, it's easy for us to say, Well, you, you're in now, you got to work with it. And to be fair, when he signed that contract, he knew. That those people were in place. Right, so in that case, suck it up but and get on with it. From day one, it was like, and he got Lordy out very quickly. I mean, Lordy will tell you, Lordy's been paid off by the county more times than anybody else. <laughs> he, he he seems to come in and then go out again. And so, to be fair to Al, I think Al, and again, he, he can correct me, but I, I think Al said, Look, I'll just go. You don't want me, you don't, you're not going to use me for the job I do. I'll just leave. It's no point in me taking up a wage and working here. And I'm fairly sure that's what happened. So Al left very early on. That's how Stuart Delaney came in. Dave Andrew left, goalkeeper coach, and Dave Simmons came in. Um, and I got on really well with Dave. I, I still keep in touch with him today. I, I got on really well with him. But so, from in Paul Simpson's defence, yes, he'd agreed to work with him. Really, the truth was he'd agreed to work with them, thinking I'll get rid of these people and I'll bring my own people in. Wardy was going nowhere, you know. Wardy was, you know, why should he? He's been given a contract, yeah. he knows the players, he knows the club, he's got the ear of the board because he's been there that long. He's quite well paid as well, so yeah, it would have been difficult for him and, to find another job. And to be fair, assistant. he'd left his 
job that he's now gone back to, but he'd left that job twice. Yeah. And in his eyes, he was like, they're not going to have me back yeah, again, yeah. so I'm staying here. And so, you know, there was, <laughs> there were several things that could have done better by all parties. You know, Paul Simpson could have worked with the people that were there. They could have worked better with him, yeah. if the truth be known. Right, can I just go, can I rewind a little bit? Yeah, you can. Because, because what we're talking about here now is right from the word go, we've got mismanagement, haven't we? We've got manager coming, oh no, he's not coming. We've got intelligence that's that's worth, in, I mean, how much would we have got for Vardy if we'd have brought him in and sold him on? Um, we've got, you, and you know, Ian To Wayne, be fair, it, Jamie Vardy probably wouldn't have had a career if he'd have signed for us. <laughs> but but he, even, he, I, know, I remember we'll Ian Lancashire, he's a well known county fan. He, he went and scouted, in his eyes, uh, Jamie Vardy, right? <laughs> when he was playing for Halifax. And I remember him saying to me... Oh, well, me and Lordy saw him at Sotsbury School. <laughs> and I remember him saying to me, I said, is he any good then or what? He said, no, he's not good. He's going to play for England. Well, I'll tell you what Alan Lord said to me in the game. I was at the game. I'd not gone with Lordy, but we were at the same game. And he said to me, are you looking at... Have you come to see... Vardy in it. I said, "Yeah, why?" He went, "Don't talk about him. We'll talk at half time." So we went and had a coffee at half time. He went, "Which is his best foot?" <laughs> and I said, "I don't know," because I just didn't know. Because he's brilliant with both feet. Well, I mean, he was, yeah. and you know, it's. Like I said the goal he scored against us for Fleetwood. If you watch it on video, he actually feints to hit it with his right foot from thirty-five yards, and Matt Glennon's gone, and then he just hits it with his standing foot into the top corner brilliant footballer but you know as yeah. I say he probably wouldn't have had a career with us so, um, so you've got this you've got this mismanagement of, of trying to rehire Jim Gannon you've got a questionable appointment with Gannon. Paul Simpson you've got the the hiring of Jim Gannon's backroom staff and not Jim Gannon which just seems bizarre yeah. but there we go I've got another yeah. one for you behind the scenes another mm. mismanagement alright um, I think it's important because you see a lot of criticism, and certainly I've criticised the club's owners a lot, really. Uh, but you see a lot of criticism, and people will say, um, sat the board. Yeah, sat the board. And it's like, well, actually, the board have done a reasonable job here on that. It, it, the issue is the owners. And it's if for some people, it's difficult to, to get their head round, because, you know, if, if all you want to do is finish work on Friday have a couple of pints and go to the match on Saturday and that's that's as much as you want to know then to them the board probably are the owners because they were to me when I was doing that they usually are aren't they? Yeah, well often yeah often but you know the company's set up to have it has an ownership structure and then the owners choose a chairperson who puts a board together and then they run the company sort of their job is to do what the owners wish them to do yeah, they don't necessarily have to be owners. They don't have to be shareholders. They just have to be people who are prepared to dig in and work on behalf of achieving the owner's ambitions. Mm -hmm. Have we all agreed on that? Yeah. 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 Um, and often you'll sort well, well, right now, these new owners that we've got, uh, they're much better than the last owners that we had. Well, who were the last owners? You know, those 2015 lot that came in. Well, these lot are the 2015 lot that came in no they're not because they, they, they themselves if you ever look at that uh, five year plan thing they, they themselves talk about the previous ownership 
in that, yeah. and it's like in the first paragraph, and I'm thinking, You're talking about yourself in the third person. You know, <laughs> it, it's it's incredible. So, has, has if, some of the confusion arisen because some of the original 2015 have gone, and people are thinking it's t- changed totally. Yeah, yeah. in reality, the main players, two or three of the main players have been there from day one. Is that what you're saying? So I'm not going to bore people to death with this, but I'm just going to list the original shareholders. So this is 2010. Now, almost all of these were in at, uh, in June 2010. A couple of people came in in, I think, September, October, but it was only because it was just difficult to get them on board in, in the June. But, but certainly by 2011, these are the shareholders. Are you okay with that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right, yeah, go okay. for it. So, in, in no particular order, all right? <laughs> You have uh, Tony Gibbons. Not to be strictly come dancing then. <laughs> you have to- Tony Gibbons, who's who's put twelve thousand five hundred pounds in of his own money, and uh, and has twelve thousand five hundred shares. So every time I say amount of shares, it was a pound ago, yeah. Um, Fifty thousand shares were brought in by Stockport Sports Trust. So all of the people, all of the you know, swimming and keep fit places that are run by Z- Life Leisure. Life Leisure. Malcolm McPhail was was convinced by uh, a lady who's done a lot of work and actually gets a lot of slagging off from time to time, which is totally unfair, which is Helen, Helen Foster Grime. Oh, yeah, yeah. She brought that in. She said, I'll speak to Malcolm. I think that as, as the kind of sports provider of Stockport, they've got a responsibility to dig in and chip in it. And, and Malcolm agreed. So they put, and I, I thought they'd be ideal people to manage the stadium as well. I mean, why that's never happened, I don't know, but there you go. But they put in £50,000, 50,000 shares. Simon Bellamy was one of the guys who mentioned, so you've got um, the chairman, Owen Thompson, comes in. He's not putting any money in, but he says, I'll bring some people in. Well, Simon Bellamy's an example of somebody who put £50,000 in on all in say-so. Yeah? These are not insignificant, not huge wow. amounts of money, yeah, not yeah, insignificant. Huge, yeah. um, then you've got C&C Insurance Brokers. So... We've got a director at the moment, um, Malcolm Cook. Mm-hmm. Well, that's C&C. He's one of the C's. Um, insurance brokers in Romilly. They put £25,000 in. Their mate, David Dyson, put 25000 in. Green Lane Properties, bit of an amalgam here because extra money was put in. Mike Clark and uh, Stuart Van. Uh, Ken Graham. It was another one similar to Mike Clark. His lad had been at the club, been around the club for years. He was a lovely guy, Ken. Um, not not really interested in doing anything with the club. Just wanted to sort of help out because he'd had a good time with his family and that sort of stuff. Uh, Stuart Van put twelve and a half thousand pounds in. Mike Clark put twelve and a half thousand pounds in. So you put wrap all that up. They put fifty grand in um, with the twenty five thousand of Green Lane shares. And they brought all those other people with them. So there's a little block here of Ken Graham, etc. Between them, they put about a quarter of a million pound in. And a lot of it was kind of on the, on the say-so of me asking them to do it and then them asking a few of their mates. There's nothing more than that, really. So there wasn't a huge amount of commitment there, was there? Um, but there might have been a potential property deal in the office, which we'll get to. All right. <laughs> Uh, then Mary Gibbons put twelve and a half thousand pounds in, so that's twenty-five grand from the Gibbons. Um, Sharon Bramall, because at the time Chris Bramall was a director and shareholder at Salisbury, 
uh, which which is conflict of interest. You can't yeah, you can't you can't be, have a control of interest, or you can't in fact have any shares. I don't think in the club. Uh, Salisbury might come up later. Um, <laughs> anyway, and then uh, Lord Peter Snape put twenty five thousand pounds in, and uh, Peter Snape was brought along really by the Gibbons. Okay. Mainly because he, they let him the money. Yeah, they did. Yeah. I don't th- it's not fair to talk about people's personal money, but I, I know I know uh, Lord Snape had put some, some money into some property and couldn't access it quickly, so they said, we'll give you the money. So essentially, they put 50 grand in. Yeah. So if anybody wants to have a look at that, if you just go into Company's House and put Stockport County 2010, you might have to dig around a bit, but it's all that. It's, it's public knowledge. So, and then we've missed one person out, okay, which was... Uh, Richard Park put £50,000 in so Richard Park is often talked about as being you know somebody who came along later I think sometimes he said things that's allowed people to he's not, he might, hasn't lied but he's said things that have allowed people to think that he came along as saviour Park too. but Richard Park was a key shareholder outright from the start and the blocks of power, if you like, in terms of the shareholding, were this. There was Gibbons and Snape, who were kind of mates, and then everybody else. And Chris Bramall and Stuart Van decided that they would take control of the business side of the football. But how does that work, though? Because it's not about how much you put in. Is it just they stepped up? It kind of is, because you've got more shares. So when it comes to voting, you're voting right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, sorry, so obviously I've not memorised the list, just just read out. So they have got the most shares. Right. They stepped up. It wasn't that they were the most active in terms of of being in the office. No, they weren't active at all in terms of being in in, in the office, but they were making the key decisions. So, for example, whether they bought the ground or not, you, you know. Um, negotiating the rents, um, who the manager was going to be. All these things were being made by by people who would say to us, I think, uh, or people would say on their behalf, probably more fair to say, that they had nothing to do with it then. It was just the Gibbons who was running. It really was not. The Gibbons were running around with like fag packets and notepads and trying to get shit done. And, and basically, you were doing 20 jobs at a time, as we mentioned. Yeah. Um, and and they were genuinely turning up and trying to work and graft every day. I think it's probably. I'll come back to it a little bit. Obviously, we're talking about, but I think for this point here, that where the major shareholders or the or the, the conglomerate of shareholders didn't want to be involved day to day, whereas Mary certainly did. Tony was just going. I'll I'll be there. There's two things that I think is fair to point out. One, they nearly lost their business. Yeah, they did. Because nobody on that board of directors, shareholders, whatever you want to call it, would come in and do a tap. Nobody. So they were being told to Snape run. might have that if they had a bit of catch up yeah, on Yeah, yeah. And to be fair, Alwyn came in to claim his expenses for driving to distance games in his Range Rover when he could have quite easily gone on the coach but you know things like that so people were coming in to do things that were in my opinion counterproductive or they weren't getting involved at all yeah and they were they were they were fed to the lines basically that neither of them 
had ever run a football nobody had ever run a football club before but they were the day to day face and to be fair Mary wanted to be in the club yeah they wanted to own they it. wanted they to do it. it so I'm not defending that what I'm saying is, is people have got this outside image of the fact that they did everything wrong yeah basically and I'm going to say it now if it wasn't for Tony Gibbons Stockport County would have gone out of business in the December that year it went to shit that quick yeah. that before Christmas the the club was dead all those shareholders were like well we've put in money in and we're not getting anything back you know and, and we've not got we're not we're out the cup and this that and that it was like well, panic stations and, and there was also there was also there was a revenue issue because with Jim Jim Gannon coming back you, you see the impact in season ticket sales and everything with him now Jim Gannon coming back then they've been in another thousand fans there every week yeah so you know the revenues weren't based well, on him coming back we, but that was the reality one, of it we'd won one home game by the end of November and that's not me having a go at Paul Simpson that's, that's a fact we'd mm. won one home game by the end of November we're out of the Cups and all of I don't know if we were out of the FA Cup I think we came in yeah we would have been in and out by then yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we had no extra revenue coming in and those shareholders just there was a, a meeting to this, and at that meeting they decided they were closing the club they wanted to walk away they didn't know what anyone Tony Gibbons rang me at home after the meeting and said can you be in the office as early as possible tomorrow because we've got to get a statement I've got to write a statement to the rest of the shareholders to make them understand that if they pull the plug the club dies yeah. and it'll be on their toes not mine it'll be on everybody's toes Tony Gibbons, we met up in the office and we wrote this, a plea. It was a, like a heartfelt plea. Please do not do what you're going to do. That's how Tony and Mary ended up running the club. Because that was their deal with the devil. All those shareholders were like, well, I'll tell you what, you run with it, you do everything you want, and we'll let you... And they let them make mistakes, and that's my opinion. Yeah. It's that they were allowed by the people in the background because they didn't want to put any more money in as far as they were concerned the major, not all of them but when they realised they would have to keep putting money in they wanted to walk away and I've seen it written down from the from the board meeting that the people that voted to pull out and let the club they thought it would go back into administration they, they didn't say look let the club die they just said well it can just go back into administration and anybody who knows anything about administration knows that if you can't go back into administration you just the club falls that's it so the working capital the 800 grand or whatever it was that was raised from the shares are that all gone by this stage? right so this, so this is really important so in so in the um, negotiation process I, I've basically pulled these sort of disparate groups pulled them all together and not banged their heads together as such but said look you know we're going to have to we're going to have to have a, a vision here. We can't all have different ideas about what we want to do. So, for I mean, to me, Edgeley Park, Stockport County is Edgeley Park and the fans. <clears throat> but if somebody said to me, there's no Stockport County because there's no longer going to be an Edgeley Park and we're moving and that's the way it is, you'd have to live with it. Mm. So we had we had some people and there was a huge amount of money floating around and I'll explain why. Had some people who would start to see some dollar signs in terms of building mm. a new stadium. Tony and Mary, they had pure intentions. 
They just want to get in, stop stop the football club from uh, from drifting well, into, into liquidation. And 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 they're pure intentions. They, 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 were, they were shit at, at doing it. That's not their fault. All right. I will never criticise anybody who tries something and works bloody hard at it and just isn't good enough. I'll always have a go at people who don't try. To be fair to Snapey, he was also in for the right reasons for the majority of the time. He, he was, but he did he, he, he did enjoy the kind of um, director yeah, role, you know, but of being a big guy. The thing is, is he, I would I would say you said it earlier on that the, the Gibbonses and Snapey were the county fans, yeah, and the rest weren't. I think that's probably fair. Yeah, can I just go back to something else? I think this sure. is quite important as well that when you talked about mismanagement. We missed a massive because we'd missed out on Jim. We also missed out on another. We scored another great on goal. It was leaked that Rob Clare was coming in as commercial manager. Yeah. Because he was popular, everybody knew him, and it it it, it was a good fit. But it was leaked to the wrong people. It was leaked to Simon King, who had been doing, from what I could see, a good job. And in Simon's defence. He's since gone on to do a great job at Hull and he's now doing an even better job at West Brom. So that was the calibre of the person that we had in place. I, Nothing I, against Rob, by the way. I, I remember that, that those that had worked through that really grim administration period. Simon had kept all the money coming into the club. during that, And I never met Simon until I joined the club. And this is where the own goal was. So Simon has already been tapped up by... Mark Maguire to go to Hull no to be fair I don't think he had been tapped up but he'd been asked would he be interested but did he want to go and move to Hull probably not he had a nice job anybody <laughs> <laughs> he had a nice job good pay and good bonuses why would I think about that but then it comes out and it was on the Jamboree it was leaked at the Jamboree that Rob Clare was coming and I didn't know he was coming and then before you know it Simon King's found out that bloody hell I'm going to lose my job here and I've just turned down my job at all or I've turned down the opportunity so Simon's obviously spoke to Mark Maguire and obviously decided he will go to Hull but he wants what he's due because he's going to get made redundant he knows he's going to get made redundant because Rob Clare's coming in so why would you leave until he'd been paid off so Simon's coming into work and just not really doing what he's been yeah he's not now what made it worse was he was his biggest one of his big jobs was selling ground boards obviously but another one was putting adverts in the magazine in the match day magazine program whatever you want to call it and there was only so many pages in the magazine allowed and I'd obviously I'd come in with these plans of making it a much bigger program with a few more extra adverts and this that and the other and Simon was told by Alwyn that he was being made redundant and they would pay him off but the killer was they said to him if you bring in 10 grand's worth of whatever the money was I'm going to say 10 grand if you bring in 10 grand's worth of sponsorship we'll pay you your full commission on 10 grand not on margin or markup or percentage we will pay you a figure I don't know what the figure was but we will pay you a figure to go away if you bring in I'm going to say 10 grand so anybody who's worked in sales will know 
The simplest way to sell something is to give it away. So Simon spent, and he can argue all he wants, I saw it, I've got the facts, I've got it all written down. He sat burning our sponsors. He would pick up the phone and go, hello, mister, whoever you are, you sponsored a club last year. Two and a half grand, yeah. You can have it for 500 quid if you want. Same advert. And that's what was happening. And I actually saw it happening. So I went into Tony and Alden. I said, can I tell you now to stop what you're doing? Stop it. Because I've come from a very serious sales background. We're burning sponsors. When Rob starts, he's starting not from scratch. He's starting from way back there. Because he's now got to go back to those people. We had a deal with Pure to do the radio. I can't oh, remember the exact figure it was. £7,200. £7,200. They paid us for them to do our games. £7,200. So I go to see Pure, and I knew the people at Pure anyway. But So I go to see Pure. <laughs> me and I, I was with you. Yeah. Me, Dave. Did people? No. I can't you know, but anyway, so me, Dave, Tony Gibbons. I think it was us three. Right. We sit down there, we've got this. We're going to go for 10. Yeah. We're going for more, aren't we? <laughs> We're, all of us we've had a chat in the car on the way down we'll get more out of these this year I mean you know you know, you, you know you've convinced yourself it's just made easy steal in human history <laughs> so we get down and I actually worked for the guy what's his name Chris and he sat down and he, <laughs> he laughed at us yeah he actually laughed across the tables like sorry you want £10,000 yeah no 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 we've got a deal it's here Simon King signed it there you're paying us this year <laughs> yep well and it wasn't a massive amount of money but basically they wanted us to pay for Liggins to go to games and John Kieran to go yeah, to games yeah. and, and obviously John wasn't part of the club then so we were being told that we had to pay them to cover our games and that's how they ended up coming in my car to games <laughs> because I had to drive them to every game because otherwise the club would have had to pay pure to, to absolutely unbelievable but we sat there like we, we'd gone in there thinking 10 grand we're going to ask for more. They've had it for, for so many years at that. And Simon had sold it for nothing, giving it fair, away. That's how broadcasting rights work. The club receives money. But, yeah, <laughs> but, but, yeah. but, but the BBC have to pay you. Yeah. yeah. BBC. Yeah. But basically, he wanted 10, or whatever the figure was, yeah. he wanted those figures. So mo most of it wasn't real money. It was sponsorship. So they get a board, and they get this in a programme, and, and they get the two people to the game. So it goes in the figures as two and a half grand or seven and a half grand whatever it was and no there's no money coming in it's actually a minus double bubble so the, the, the upside of it though, the upside of it because obviously got to, I got to spend two years in a car with Liggins <laughs> brilliant one of the funniest times of my life but the upside of it was they then thought, did feel sorry for us a bit yeah. and said right well maybe we can do more in terms of promoting yeah, the club and, and so there were, every match was being advertised and we probably got 100 grand's worth of advertising out of it, if we're being honest. It was just a, an own goal, really, because I genuinely, I mean, I got on well with Rob, and, you know, he did a good job, he, but he, had, he started off from way yeah. back. It wasn't, wasn't even zero. And I think he, a lot of his goodwill with people brought in people that he knew from when he was a player. Yeah, yeah. But the people that were there beforehand, he, he, he just struggled to get yeah, them. He didn't really know what he was doing, did he? He had to learn the job. No, but... The goodwill and the fact that he knew so many people, he, yeah. he should have started off like that. But I, but also, I've just I've just listed thirteen different shareholders there, and 
if I was the commercial manager at the time, I'd have said, right, shareholder, you've got to bring me £10,000 worth of sponsorship. You know enough people to bring ten grand into this football club. Tell them they're not going to get anything back. They're not going to sell an extra carrot or whatever it is they do, but just buy a board or do something and get me £10,000 each. Got 13 salespeople, advocates there, who sunk their own money into the club, and they should have been out there selling it. But there was none of that thinking. And so, so when I brought this up, it was like a horrified look. And I was like, yeah, but why, but why aren't you doing it? You know, if you rang me up at that time and said, Dave, I need you to spend five grand in advertising, I'd go, fucking hell, really? All right. Well, it's, I, got, I got, I know it's further down the line, but I got Malcolm that failed to put Life Leisure on the right. show because we didn't have a sponsor. And I went to Malcolm and said, I'm desperate. Yeah. I need somebody. Will you please do it? And we did a deal where he did the front of the first shirt. Andy Calvert did that third shirt, that one there. Exactly. So we had three. That, by the way, you're pointing at the Argentine. Sorry, the Argentine. But we, that, I know it's further down the line, but that, that was two seasons later, I think. We had three different sponsors. I, I'd had um, this idea that we would. There was there was a lack of professionals at the club, wasn't there? In terms of I'll the, put myself uh, in there. Yeah, in terms, I was learning on the. In job. terms of the uh, the backroom stuff, so I thought right, we need to professionalise this. We had good solicitors, we had good lawyers, we had good business advisors, but uh, whether we've been listened to or not, but we, but they were there. Uh, but we didn't really have very many professionals, and I'm a. I'm a sucker for a professional. Do it. Show, show me how to do it properly. I'm happy to pay you. Yeah, let's make some money together. Um, so the, there was this none of this marketing going on, and I'd had this conversation about well, get the owner, get the shareholders out there selling the club. That's it's not difficult. Just do it. Ring up, and it wasn't happening. So I thought, right, what could we do? Now Stockport County's fan base is. Um, it's just unbelievable. You name a profession, we've got somebody in our fan base. You name a country, we've got somebody in, you know, somebody <laughs> there. And it just so happened at the time we had a, we had a, a huge number of people who who were in media, who were in marketing, who were in, uh, you know, they had. And I thought, you know what, we could do it. We could we could put a a marketing company together, a full service marketing company with volunteers who are county fans all committing two or three hours a week and we'll call it heed let's oh, say yeah. right so i thought it's the one thing i think we could put them all together and we had i put it out there and we had all these amazing people with massive skill sets and and i mentioned nairi last time nairi, she said yeah, she'd yeah. pull it together um I called a meeting. Stockport Council had given us um, a, a room to work in, and they'd, you know, not Stockport Council, Stockport College, given us a room to work in. Said we could use the printers, we could use whatever. Is it you Rob know. McCracken? Sorry. Is it Rob McCracken? Can't remember to be honest. Can't remember. But we had all these fantastic people, website, web designers, just everything. And I said, right, we'll, we'll meet at this time. Told told. Tony, Mary, whatever. I said we're doing this, and uh, it's going to be a really, it's going to make a big difference this to, to your public image, because we needed it. So just, what, just hold on. In terms of calendar date stamp now, where are we? Probably November. So this is up, up, this well, is uh, one uh, game won by Paul Simpson all that time at home. Well, we weren't. Something needed to be positive, didn't it? Because we weren't good on the pitch, you know, and it, it was just, it was a diversionary. So, 
tactic really wasn't it to, to let people get back involved there, there was the reality like yeah. like you, I mean the, the reality was the club might not have it might have gone bump again yeah so it was like well let's let's try and make this as positive and as professional as possible yeah and to be fair, they, they would have gone on with anything at the time because they were sinking. Yeah, they were. they were. Anyway, so this was like November. So I arranged for everybody to meet. I think it must have been about the 10th of December. About 30-odd people had joined up, signed up. It's put this, this online thing where you could fill all your details in, what you were prepared to do, what you were not prepared to do. It was brilliant. And then um, I get a phone call. I was at the hospital again for a change. <laughs> I get a phone call, and I think it's about the 3rd or 4th of, of December, so this meeting's due next week, and it's Tony Gibbons, and he says, uh, we're sacking Paul Simpson. Mm-hmm. And I went, why? He said, he's, he's got to go, we're going to sack him. So I said, right, okay, well, well, what's the plan? He said, we're getting Jim back. So I said, right, okay. But Jim's not going to be the manager. Jim's just going to have, and it's not going to be official, but he's going to come back and he's going to do like a, a, a director of football role and Ward, Peter Ward's going to, going to run the team. charge of the first team and I said if you do that we will get relegated and he said what, what do you mean I said if you do that we will get relegated I said we're up against it I said Paul Simpson will keep us up he might be by the skin of our teeth the football might be shit but he will keep us up I said what you're planning is just crazy anyway so conversation went on for about half an hour and I, I was like Tony I'm telling you it's a fucking terrible idea. We, I went into I went um, into county the next day and I was like persona non grata. <laughs> I remember that. It was like, oh, hello, spacesuit. Here's a fart. Right? It was <laughs> like it was like you are. Just go, Dave. We don't want you here. It's like okay. Two days later, I've got thirty odd professionals from the marketing community all sat around in Stockport Council and they're all dead excited and pumped up and I said, we're not doing it. Mm-hmm. And they went, why? I said, because the fucking lunatics. <laughs> I've taken over the assignment. Absolute lunatics. And I, I, I don't want you to get involved because it's just not going to be a good for any of you. So and they're all like, they're all trying to convince me, no, no, no. I'm like, no, seriously, this is Fred Carnot's fucking circus. And I don't really want you to get involved. We said we we're going to build a professional, full-service marketing company and PR company, and honestly, it's wasted. And you'll all get you all get pissed off with me. And so, so that was can it. I put a bit of context on this. Yeah. So obviously, because I was there every day, and Dave wasn't, and then he wasn't there anymore. <laughs> <laughs> we, allowed to be. So by November, I think we'd played twenty-four games and won four. Things weren't going well, and 
unofficially, I'd been asked by a member of the board because they were concerned at how many players had come in that were not good enough, that were on low wages by Division 2, Division 4, whatever. You mean basic wage? Their wage wasn't great, but they were all on good appearance bonuses. And as you said earlier, it's unfair of me to say who, who. I know, because I've got the figures. Certain players were getting paid very, very good money just to to play. Yeah, but... so, from a fan's perspective, because obviously I don't know any of this mm. under the scenes, stuff, behind the scenes stuff, is Paul Simpson's son a part of that? No, not yet. Oh, right, okay. He, 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 no, he, to he, be he, fair, he, he seems to come on a lot at the end of games. By, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. by the, I think he came in. Wasn't he on a non contract basis, though? No, no, he was on a, he was on a maybe not a youth wage, but because he was on the young. Yeah. He was on a, a youth type wage, yeah. but he was getting. X amount X, of money right. to play, and you're right, he did used to come on again. Yeah. But the thing is, where, where his son's concerned, he did say his only training was, I won't sign my son, and then signed him. So, you know, there was the contradictory yeah. stuff going on. Yeah. I, thought, I thought his son did all right, to be honest. Well, he worked hard, yeah. but, that, but anyway, but he was at, yeah. it, to be fair, I saw him later on playing non league football, and he was a very, very good footballer. So, so, I, so why are you saying that? So, let me just finish. So, I get asked by somebody on the board yeah. to put together. A spreadsheet showing all the players what money they were getting paid, what money they were getting for uh, actually going on the pitch for however many minutes, and you won't be surprised to see to know that the budget was way over. We were paying far too much money to players. The, the monthly the wage yeah. going out to players was a lot more than it should have been. So what you're saying is, you bring player X in on £600 a week, he looks like an OK player for that amount of money, but then he's, his appearance money is another £600 yeah. a week, yeah. so we're paying him £1,200 a week and the shit. So and, so, so, and we've burnt we're, half we're, a million pounds yeah. worth of budget we're, we're before we've got We're cheating the wage structure, basically. Yeah. We're, 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 we're saying that we've got a squad that are, for 11 players, 1100 quid. You know what I mean? That's what our salary is. Not That's just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But basically, we're also giving them another um, it's quid. quid. Yeah, but but I'm gonna say you were asked to create a spreadsheet. Spreadsheet, so, Phil. So so going back to your <laughs> going back to your non-professionalism thing. Yeah. Surely that's is already in the system somewhere. Well, oh well, no, no. Whoa, 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 whoa. This was an unofficial request, um, and I did because basically I've told by a board member that they want to see exactly where this money's going. And of course, on the right-hand column, we've got lots of players who were already here who were not on appearance money. Actually, just just on that, because Kevin Taylor was had, had, had joined. <laughs> Which I was wishing you wouldn't notice. No, Kevin Taylor had joined, and Kevin Taylor is actually really, 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 really good guy. Right, he's very, 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 very good at his job. But he soon realised that he was involved with Fred Carnell's fucking circus, and he couldn't wait to get out. This is the Scarf Bagara War, the original County podcast. Established 2015. Can't you just say just from the outside? So I just to report it now? Or? No, no, no. Okay. You know, it's not spoken of. By the way, Dave, So Dave hasn't been asleep all this time. <laughs> just from the outside. Am I right in thinking that you had the, the seed money, if you like, for the shares? And was that. It? Right, which was. Right, we didn't. Well, did you just, we started just, talking about that, so hold on a second, because I'm sorry to cut across you yet again. <laughs> But the, the plan was to put the money in his cash. Yeah. Yeah. 
I told them that I couldn't see any way that they could get through the first season without losing two hundred thousand pounds, right? And that it had to be cash. And we're talking about that, and all the accountants and everybody else are all nodding. This is absolutely makes sense and everything. And but that the money has to go in. I, I'd had a business that had run out of money, and it is absolutely awful working hand to mouth, just worrying about clearing the checks every day. All you end up doing is that you stop doing your actual business. It's it's all consuming. And so uh, they'd been there and got into administration. The last thing I wanted for was, was to happen again. And they didn't. What they did was they put the money into the top coat and then lent it to the club. Right. Because the point I was going to make was, you've got that initial money. Was it 800? I mean, I've got to think of it. It's about 800,000 pounds. So you get 800,000, you've got football league money. Yeah. And I know we were doing shit, so crowds wouldn't have been great. But you've still got money coming in through the about game. About 2.8 million quid coming in. Yeah. And yet we went from June to December when we were almost going out of business again. Yeah. Fred Carnos doesn't even come close to this. Oh, no, it was, ups, it, was beyond, it was beyond a joke. So, you and know, on top of that, we're not very good on the pitch. No. Yeah. But as a fan, I'm thinking, where's the money going? I mean, you've come, gone some way to explain it. People were getting double the wages for coming on for five minutes at the end of yeah, the day. Yeah, we're giving advertising space away. We're paying yeah. players yeah. twice. Yeah. We've got, um, we've got, we've paid off two, two managers... Uh, a manager and assistant manager, Gary Everett and his and his guy. We've forgotten his name again, haven't we? Yeah, Scottish, Scottish guy. Um, you know, you've got all all this stuff, and it's like, well, of course you've got no money left. Because looking at it in a very basic way, we were like any other club in that league two at the time. Yeah, we, it was a shit league, wasn't it? We had league money, we had attendance money, we had cup run money, blah blah blah. But we were better than them because we had the eight hundred quid available that the people had paid to actually. Well, yeah, we, we would have done in, had they put the, we would have done the had they put the cash in. Yeah. But they didn't. Yeah. So, so um, the, there's only one owner of Stockport County, and that's Stockport Community Leisure Limited, which is where all the shares are held. Mm-hmm. And Stockport Community Leisure owns Stockport County, so Stockport County's got one shareholder. And there was not. It wasn't like they went right. Open your bank account. There's the eight hundred thousand pounds. Right. Well, so, so much of that's got to go to pay off the administrator. So much of that, and we've we've got five hundred grand left. Of, so in the bank. December then, why didn't they get the five hundred grand to help them through the sticky patch? Well, because because as Phil explained, they thought we're not putting any more money. We thought this was getting us all. We're shutting it. So even though that money was there in the top call? well, they didn't know. No, it, 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 it gone. It gone. It, it gone. They, they paid four hundred and twenty-five thousand pounds of contracts they didn't want. That, that's exactly Seventy-five thousand pounds of. You've got the, the normal money you'd expect from league, from cup, from the tenders, from gate money or whatever. You've got this extra money, and all that'd be pissed up the wall. And we've got four months. And we've got an extra Brucey bonus because Anthony Pilkington's been sold. And we should have had the Ollie Johnson money. We didn't get that either. That went straight, but straight to um, Martin. What are they called the uh, administrators? What were they called? Uh, Oh, it did, didn't it? Yeah, yeah sorry. We yeah, should have got 150 grand yeah. for Ollie Johnson yeah. from Celtic, and they paid it to the administrator. Oh, Thompson. Oh, Thompson. Oh, did I say Johnson? All oh, right, don't yeah. matter. Yeah, so, yeah, no, it does. Yeah, <laughs> six, sixteen-year-old kid we sold for six hundred thousand yeah, pounds. Yeah. Anyway, we didn't get it. It was Josh Thompson. Wasn't Josh, Josh Thompson. Thompson. That's yeah, him. Yeah. That's him. Sorry, sorry, Josh. <laughs> but so, I think you might be wrong with your, your date because okay. I think they were going to sack him. They decided they were going to sack him at the November meeting yeah, and, because and, of results only. And I, and I was told 3rd or 4th yeah. of December. So it was like they were going to sack him. Alwyn decided he, it was Christmas Eve because Alwyn decided we can't sack somebody on Christmas Eve. Let me finish. No, he'd won no, a game. No, 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 that was after. Oh, I'll so, shut up. So basically, 
it was Christmas Eve. They were going to sack him. In the drink tank. And they decided, Alwyn decided, that you can't sack someone on Christmas Eve because it's not the dumb thing. On the same day, Sale Shark sacked their manager. <laughs> so both football managers, rugby and football managers, at the same ground would have been sacked on the same day if Alwyn hadn't got his own way. He took him outside and said, I'll drive off and I'll go and calm it down. This, again, I've got it all written down, so I know it all happened. Um, he then won at Barnet. And, and you can't sack a manager after just won. No, no, yeah. no, you can't. But no. he did lose the next game and then he got sacked. But there was also an incident at Barnet, which, and I can't say too much about it, but there was an incident. No, but happened. I think, but you do need to talk about well, it. Well, there was an incident that happened between Paul Simpson. I wasn't there. This is why I'm saying okay. it. So I know about it because I had to write the letter. Yeah. But there was an incident at the hotel between Paul Simpson and Mary Gibbons. And following that incident, the Gibbonses. Are you talking about a physical altercation? That was that was that, that was, was that's that what, what you was were alleged. told. That's what yeah. was alleged. So yeah. basically, they wanted him sacked, and they had in their eyes the proof that he could be sacked for gross misconduct. Thereby, we wouldn't have to pay him a penny. And again, Alwyn decided it wasn't the right thing to do, and they kept him on. He won. They won the game. And then they lost the next game. I think it was a New Year's Day at Chesterfield. We got battered there, and then he got sacked. But he got sacked, and we had to pay him off. Whereas if he'd have been sacked for goal, accused of you know gross misconduct, we might not have been spending more money that we didn't need to spend. Plus, plus they sacked him on the side of the motorway, which was not a very nice thing to do. Again, I'd, I'd, the only thing I know is that he was told no. Mike Clark he, drove he didn't, down. He didn't come to the meeting. Yeah, he would. He refused right. to go. So to Mike the Clark meeting. drove down. He refused to go to the meeting apparently. Mm -hmm. and, uh, but it, there was there was a few Found things you could walk around. <laughs> yeah, there was a, there was a few things that obviously that went on as they do as they do yeah. at football and and so he goes and all of a sudden we've got Wardy and Lordy in charge. Yeah, Lordy's back. Lordy came back. Remember um, it well. Remember it well. And obviously they brought in. The likes. No, I didn't bring James. Wilson. I have to they say though, him. at this point, what I'm expecting is Jim Gannon to turn up because remember, I've been told he's not officially, but unofficially, he's gonna he's gonna be the director of, of football. Unfortunately, by then he'd taken the Port Vale job, which went well. Yeah, and that'll be a question when he comes on the <laughs> on the podcast. Is what happened on the bus? Uh, right, yeah. But, but anyway, but, but anyway, he, he'd missed the county bus and he'd gone to, Port, he'd gone to, <laughs> gone to Port Vale, and and so the plan that I thought was already absolutely ridiculous, which included Jim Gannon, who I've got total faith in, um, was now just it was just pure idiocy, and uh, and, and, and they did they, they didn't give him the job that was the thing they didn't say to Peter Ward you're our manager until the end of the season get on with it they, they, paid, they made him a trial manager didn't they basically some people wanted him as manager some people didn't but you say people on people. the board the board, board. Right, on the okay. board so, which is actually fair yeah. enough because I'd be so, undecided so, so about they that weren't they weren't convinced so I think if, I can't remember exactly but if you look on the website at the time it probably said caretaker manager yeah. and then no ward he hated that title did he win his first game no do you know what he was promoted to caretaker manager 
he was he was promoted. No, to no, Gamma. I don't. He, it, I don't think he liked the, the idea. But basically, he was caretaker for the first few games. I think he was called something like a temporary yeah. manager. No, wasn't it, even called a caretaker. Well, it was sort of a caretaker, but after a few games, he'd been told by one section of the board that he'd got the job, and the other section of the board were actively looking oh, for somebody Jesus. else. <laughs> so, in the meantime, we'd played a few games, and then I knew, or I'd met Ray Mathias on a coaching course, and we were just talking one day around the office, and somebody said, you know what we need? We need someone like, you know, Ray Mathias what he did with Paul Lynch at Macclesfield and MK Dons and I said I know Ray Mathias I got his number in my phone and he went do you think it? so I rang Ray and I just said I, you might not remember me blah 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 um, would you be interested in coming in to Stockport County and giving us some help you know and he, he's like he came in and uh, myself and Tony Gibbons we didn't interview him he just came in for a chat and um, it was like he, what he, you could see he wanted to do it but he, he just signed a deal or he just agreed to work for Leeds he was doing a bit of scouting for Leeds and this that and the other and he felt like he didn't want to let him down because he's a real gentleman he is he would not jump from one he, to the he's other he's a very he, professional so very decent I, I left it and it, the deal was was we would give him I think it was 10 grand maybe he kept us up if, if, if it, the, there was some payment incentive we could pay you the same money you're getting at Leeds for scouting but oh, I think we gave him a bit more money because it would be in more often and his remit was to come in and help Wardy and Lordy now the understanding from my point of view was that he would come in and be above Wardy and Lordy or at least equal to Wardy and Lordy and give all his know-how and, and and for that to even be in doubt that somebody who's working at the club is astonishing. We're going to bring in a, re a vastly experienced manager with a track record in our sort of level yeah. of football from, from our region and, you know, just give him the fucking job. So nobody gave him the job. He probably wouldn't have taken it anyway because he wouldn't have wanted to take Peter and Al's job. So he came in and he worked with him. And on the training field, he could see he was getting involved, and it was, but he didn't want to tread on toes. Yeah, yeah. But no, somebody at the club should have said, "Look, you're not treading on, you're toes. Not treading on yeah. toes. We brought you in for this, and it didn't happen." And I've got a lot of time for Al, I've got a lot of time for Pete, and a lot of time for Ray. But between the three of them, you could see that he should have been the man making the decisions. And it wasn't really changing. Well, no, but he brought James Wallace in, by the way. He right. brought James Wallace in, even though he was on that original white board. Yeah, yeah, Would he have had yeah. him from Tranmere? Or? Well, he knew him because right. he's from round there. Yeah. He was at Everton, wasn't he? So, he was at Everton, yeah. But but, Everton, so basically, he, was he brought him in and, and he, we made him captain. A lone player who was 18 <laughs> and he was the captain. I know. Yeah. But anyway, he was outstanding for us. Just didn't get him in time. So And he got sent off in that game, which cost us massively. You know the, the 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 suspension really is, but anyway. So after a few games and things haven't really improved points wise, we're playing a bit better and we've got a bit more about us. And the, and the fans were behind Wardy, but they were yeah. a bit angry about the fact that it wasn't really resolved. We yeah. we get told in the office on the Monday afternoon that two members of the board 
following our defeat on the Saturday, had took it upon himself to sack Wardy and Lordy and put Ray in charge. And nobody told them that we were playing Accrington Stanley the next night and we didn't have a manager because they hadn't <laughs> spoke to Ray. So, and I know that Ray would have said no. I can now just say, so this was in 2011. Early and it was the first time, that was the first time, I think I put it on the yellow board, and I said, these owners have to go now. And I said, please, fuck off. <laughs> Don't come back. I said, you are, you are not capable of... Said, please. Yeah. You're not capable of running a football club. And if you continue to do this... We're going to get relegated, and it's going to cost you more money. It's in your own interest to just go now, drop the keys off with John Fitzpatrick, and we'll sort it out. And I so, go in so the office in the morning, your fucking mate's been at it again on yellow board. So this, is, this is January... <laughs> no, it was, no, it was, was towards the it end might of the end of, so It might have been end of February. I think Ray took over for the last eight games. End of February, I reckon it was. So, basically... Ray hadn't been asked would he take over, which I can pretty much tell you he wouldn't have done because by then he'd really got on with Ray, with Alan and Pete. Yeah. Pete and Alan were like told that they were no longer managers, but they were being kept on because we needed coaching staff. And speaking to the players, we turned up at Atkinson the next day and nobody knew who was in charge. The players didn't know who was in charge. Peter Walker. Good job we weren't fighting a relegation battle, didn't I, don't, I don't know what, what was the result at Atkinson, if anyone got hammered. It was 3 0 at half time, I think. I think it finished 3 0, but we just got hammered. And we, it wasn't just the score, it was hammered. It was it was the most embarrassed I've, I've ever been. What, at that point? Because yeah. it's been more embarrassing moments. <laughs> well, no, I'm not working there. I'm not, I mean, I'm, no, in my period of working. Fan, yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, Peter Ward, because he was in charge, or he had been in charge, a journalist had driven all the way from Newcastle that night oh. to interview him. And he was sat in the stand near us. He, he, he eventually did go and stand on the side but he was sat like a beaten man in the stand he was like what's going on and I what, that's me isn't it um, so who finally picked the team that night who actually ran the, well I remember talking to Jordan Rose after the game and he was like I've never been in a dressing room like that before he said like nobody knew who was playing nobody knew who was in charge he said we're looking at Pete and Al and they're going like not you know, and like Ray's going. Well, I'm not really in charge because I'm not the man. And it was just. Well, that's Someone's where give, someone give the bleeding team. Well, that's where yeah. we got to. So, <laughs> surely, just one second. Just but surely, someone just just step up and go. Right, I'm going to do this now. I'm going to take charge. You're playing there. Yeah, there's the first eleven. Right, go out. Go it depends. Some it, sort it, of game it, it depends. Have you have you been made redundant, brought back in again, been <laughs> been promoted, demoted? <laughs> Uh, you've been sidelined now you're asked to I mean yeah, true, yeah. I, I remember seeing Peter Ward in Sainsbury's or wherever it was and he was walking around and he looked like a ghost of a man and and this is a guy who's, who's effervescent isn't he he's like he's he's kind of he's da- yeah he's kind of he's kind of got a he's kind of got a dour voice but he's funny as fuck isn't he? funny as and he's, he's really witty and you know like and sharp and I saw this guy, and he was just like, "Oh, dear!" He's like, "Dear, what's going on?" So obviously, what happens after Accrington is Ray eventually does take charge for the last. I think I think it's eight games. Yeah. And he went on a half decent run. You know, we won a couple. We, I mean, we won at Vale. Tony Anthony Eldin's back by now. 
he scored a few goals and took him a while to get going scored a brilliant diving header at Vale I remember that and that day when we won at Vale everybody believed we were going to stay up it was like another false dawn we, it, 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 but I remember all the players looking like actually they're county players they yeah. were so up for that game and it was a, not a derby but to us us and Vale has always been that sort of, yeah, yeah. and we'd won at Vale and they were having an if, I don't know if you, anybody saw it afterwards we were up in the press box we'd got Eldin doing a thing they did, they did a demonstration they broke back into the ground all their fans broke back into the ground and demonstrated by funny enough running around the pits <laughs> <laughs> in a walk of doom around their own ground and they had flags and everything but so unfortunately for Ray we you know we as I say um, we brought in husband and uh, De Montenac as well yeah, yeah, from Blackpool yeah, yeah. and he was pretty good yeah, yeah he was and we just it just fell short and then obviously we I think we had to win at home against Northampton yes I think. that's right and yeah, we drew yeah. Yeah. And then we went to crew, of course. We were, we were already we're down. Beaten, to be yeah, yeah. So if you look at... so Couldn't have bed, crew putting us down. So yeah. if we had brought Jim Gannon in in July, pretty sure we wouldn't have gone down. If we'd have kept P- Paul Simpson, I'm pretty sure we wouldn't have gone, gone down. down. <laughs> you, you, you disagree, don't you? But I'm pretty sure we wouldn't. Had we brought Jim Gannon back when Paul Simpson uh, had been sacked, I'm pretty sure we wouldn't have gone down. Had we made... Peter Ward, permanent manager. I don't know because he just did, he wasn't a manager. Perfect number two. He's a great coach. Perfect number two. Um, we bring Ray Mathias in. I think if you give him the job, we don't go down. And all of these things, all of these opportunities to get it right, and Fred Carnell's fucking circus can't get one of those fucking things right. Right. Let's wrap it up there. Dark days part two. Can I just say dark days part one covered six years. Dark Days Part 2 has covered six months. <laughs> so Is Dark Days the right title? It's Comedy Days, isn't it? It's just, well, let's change it. Comedy no, Days no. it is. Well, it's not comedy, no, it's, it's not funny. It's not funny. It is dark. It's dark. dark. And, it, and I can I just say before you wrap up, it gets darker. Oh, and it gets funnier. Oh, no, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> right, so let's wrap it up there. Thanks to the guests. Um, this will be out at some point. Don't need to say that now, but you know what I mean. I'll we've got that out. Um, and we'll get together in the near future, yeah. not three months, yeah. to do Dark Days Part Three. In a few and four. I don't know how many how many <laughs> how many episodes it's going to take. After Dark Days ended, we don't just keep doing Dark Days. Well, some of the shareholders are still there, aren't they? So, uh, or board members, whatever you want to call them. No, they're the new owners. Yeah. The, new, <laughs> the new owners. Yeah. Okay. Come in, they're getting it. They're, getting it yeah, the, the new owners that only came in 2010. All right. Cheers, everyone. Bye now. See you later.
the 90th minute all your mates around you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget snatching all three points perfect order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app you in at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonalds.com and there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.